Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. We've been doing this series called Power. And this series uh, about power is all about this one thought that God's power is the only power that truly changes our lives and affects change in others. I want you to hear that again. God's power is the only power that truly changes our lives and affects change in others. I hear all the time, we need to change our world. We need to change our culture. We need to change our politics. We need to change our community. We need to change the way things are done. And the only way to truly change what's going to happen in our world is to have Jesus come into our lives, save our hearts, and turn what was once a life focused on ourselves to focus on Jesus. And when that happens, our world can and will change. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? I believe that with all my heart. Amen. Amen. The power of the gospel is one thing we've talked about. The simple fact that Jesus died on a cross for our sins, rose from the grave to to give us the promise of eternal life, and called on us to follow him with all of our hearts and minds. That is the gospel message that has the power to change the world. If you want to see someone in your family changed, if you want to see someone in your community changed, if you want to see someone in politics changed, it's only through the gospel of Jesus Christ that lives will change change. And I want to encourage you today that the gospel needs to be preached, talked about, shared with, and loved with to those around us so that they can be changed by the power of the gospel. We talked about the power of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that the spirit world that is a reality that really exists is, is the power of the Spirit. We have a human spirit, and it's when that human spirit connects with God's Spirit that He empowers us to be a witness or a story that glorifies God, that will always bring attention to Jesus. And when we put that story out, and when we tell people uh, that, that the Holy Spirit is working in us, He makes it possible for us to become a powerful force in our world. And lastly, last week, we talked about the power to unsettle the settled. I, I heard more responses from that message that people are ready to get out of their settled box and into their unsettled life where Jesus is going to guide you into a, a new place, a new thing, a higher place that God has intended for you. And I believe that God's power is going to do that in your life. You don't have to settle for, for, for a, a life less than what God has planned for you. Can you say amen to that? Amen. All right. Today I want to talk about God's power to win. God's power to win. It's not why I'm wearing this jersey, although this jersey does represent a winning team. And uh, I just want to be clear about that. It is the opening day of football. And uh, today, the, uh, right now, the Seattle Seahawks are playing the Atlanta Falcons. And I feel bad that the Atlanta Falcons are going to be at a Seahawks practice today. And so it's going to be fun to watch them play and win and experience. I love to win. Do you love to win? I love it. How many people love to lose? All right. You must not be a Charger fan. All right. So just kidding. Just kidding. I apologize. Uh, Not really. So the question is, if if we want to win in life, what is there to lose in life? We need to create that tension in our hearts for this message to make sense to us. There is a lot to lose. There is a lot to lose if we aren't aware of what is going to be lost if we don't do the right things to keep our hearts and lives right with Jesus. 
And there, there is an enemy. There is an enemy in this world. And we're going to focus on that enemy just for a little bit. But we're going to focus on the power of God to defeat that enemy. And that enemy is the devil. And he would have nothing more than for all of us to lose in this life. What's there to lose? What, what kinds of things are there to lose? First, the, one of the first and foremost things is to lose our lives, to lose eternal life, to lose hope that we have a life to live, not only in this world, but in the world to come. If we don't embrace the life that God provides for us, then we will lose life. We will lose life. We will lose peace. How many would love to have peace in their hearts and their lives? Well, that's what Jesus brings when we accept Jesus into our lives and our hearts. He brings peace. He brings comfort. He brings uh, confidence. That's another thing that we can lose. When you live in the world of shame and guilt, you have no confidence. We have no confidence in our lives when we know that we're sinning, we're making mistakes, we're doing things wrong, and we continue to do those things, and that, that we lose our sense of confidence. It's the enemy's goal to help you have no confidence in this world at all. You lose your innocence. You lose your hope. Man, without hope, I'll tell you what, the, Everything in the news today is saying that suicide is rocketing, is skyrocketing into the air, much like these little rockets did today. It's skyrocketing into the air. Why? Because people are losing their sense of hope. They have nothing other than the well-being of our nation, the well-being of their own lives, the, 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 the income that they're bringing in. They have nothing more than those things to hope in. And when you take those things away, they, they see nothing else worth living for. And church, I'm telling you, the devil would do nothing more, would be happy to see you lose your hope, to see you lose that, that joy that comes when we know that Jesus is on our side, that we're a child of the King, that he provides for our lives, that we don't need to depend on the government, we don't need to depend on, 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 our, on our neighbor or any, any other aspect of, of dependence that we put our lives in. When we have trust in Jesus, we have a joy, a peace, a hope that we can put our, 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 our faith in. And relationship. We, it, it, it's, it seems in today's world when we have this um, uh, lockdown and separation and we can't do all the things, we can't gather. By the way, this is a gathering. Amen? This is a gathering. Yeah, we would love to be face-to-face. -face. Yeah, we would love to be close and hug and all, that, all those sort of things. But this is what God is giving us the opportunity to do right now. We're taking every advantage of it. This is a gathering of the people of God. And so we have relationship. We have relationship with each other. But the devil would have nothing more to do than to take everything that is good away from our lives. He would, uh, he would love to take away your, your peace, your joy, your confidence, your hope, everything. And when you get to that point where you've lost all those things, when he's taken all those things from us, then it's when uh, despair sets in. It's then's when depression sets in. Then's when we begin to medicate those things that we've lost and we've, we, we use medication for the things of, uh, to, to satisfy those pleasures instead of, and we go to other things instead of Jesus. He would, the enemy would do nothing, would be uh, nothing more than happy to uh, take everything away from us. And we can't let that happen. So I love to win. I don't know about you, but I just love to win. If you know anything about Pastor Ricardo, he loves to win. I don't like to cheat, but I love to win. Uh, and I will never cheat to win, but I just enjoy winning. There's something about it that, uh, and, and I, you've heard me say this before maybe, 
for those of you that are new, this may be new to you, but uh, whoever said it's not whether you win or lose, it's how you play the game, never won. <laughs> they didn't win. Because if when you win, man, there's nothing better. There's nothing better than seeing somebody run into the, into the end zone with that touchdown and that game is over and, and the score is on your side of it. it it's, there's nothing like it. It's a joy. It's, a, it's, it's something that just makes you go crazy. I see people go crazy over sports uh, more than they go crazy over God. And it's, 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 it's not good. It's unhealthy. But at the same time, it's, there's nothing like winning. There, it brings a joy. It brings a confidence. It brings a pride, a healthy pride to life. It brings, uh, I love the win of eternal life. Eternal life is a win. It, is, it just means that we don't ever lose. And that's the positive. There's peace in winning. There's hope in winning. There's all kinds of things. But there's an enemy to the win. And that's the devil. The devil existed even before Adam and Eve. The devil, there was a, there was a little battle in heaven that took place, and it was little because uh, there's no more, nobody more powerful than God. And when, that, when the devil decided to oppose God and say, hey, I want to be equal with you, God said, let's set this straight right now. You are going to go to hell. And that's exactly what God did. Is he sent him out of heaven and to this earth. And today, and we'll talk about this in just a minute, He's a guy that, that has every, he's the enemy of God. He took a third of the angels with him. I don't know how all this worked. It's kind of a cosmic craziness that happened. But a third of the angels followed the devil. And now they are the, the demons that exist in this world today. And so we have a devil, that an enemy of God, and he is the one who seeks to, to take us out. He's the tempter, he's the liar, he's the destroyer, he's the possessor, he's the evil schemer. He's the one who is our enemy because we are children of the king. And maybe you're a, a new believer, maybe you're not a believer, and you're kicking the tires of faith. You need to know that the devil would do nothing more, or be, be so happy if you never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Why? Because he knows that he will take you to hell with him. And I know that's a harsh message, it's not a popular message, but it's the truth, it's the reality that the enemy wants to do nothing more than take us all with him into what is called the abyss. There's a story in Luke chapter 8, verses 26 through 39. This is a great story of Jesus coming and confronting the devil, confronting the devil, at least his demons. And we find that this story in Luke chapter 8, verses 26 through 39, if you're online, it's not going to be online. So you need to follow with your phone or you need to follow with your, your, your iPad or your Bible and uh, listen to this story because it's a great story of Jesus showing how powerful he is to overcome the enemy. In Luke chapter 8, verse 26, it says, They sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met uh, by a demon-possessed man from the town. He was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. So for a long time, this guy had been demon-possessed, possessed by those very angels that came from heaven and followed the devil down. They, he was possessed by them. In other words, they made residence in his life and took control over his life. 
Now, at some point, we are not told how that happened. We're not told how that man opened his life and his heart to this enemy. But this enemy took every opportunity, and we, we understand that he was possessed. For a long time, he lived in the tombs. He was naked and, and running around in this graveyard. This graveyard, uh, the studies, uh, the, the theologians say that this graveyard was a whole bunch of caves. It was just a place where a whole bunch of caves were. So he's kind of hiding in these caves, in these, in these graves. In verse 28, he says, when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet. Isn't that amazing that the demons, this man under the demon's control would come and fall at the feet of Jesus. That should tell you how powerful Jesus is because he, even the demons, know that Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. They don't mess with him. They don't mess with him. And they fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Oh, that's so powerful. The demons even recognize who Jesus is. He is the son of the most high. He's the son of God. He's the one who carries all the authority, all the power, all the, all the respect in the world is given to him, even by demons. I beg you, don't torture me. They are completely aware of God's power to overcome and to, uh, to, to overthrow and to take control of their situation and circumstance. In fact, they are aware of their impending doom, not only of what's just about to happen in their lives, in, in their existence, but also what's going to happen in their future. By the way, you've heard me say this before. If the devil ever reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. Because the enemy, God has a plan for him. Verse 49, for Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demons into solitary places. There were times where this man had supernatural strength to break chains and to break the bonds that, that the, the community was trying to control him with, and he would continue. So they were afraid of him. They were afraid of him. And Jesus asked in verse 30, he says, what is your name? What is your name? I think Jesus already knew. I know Jesus already knew. Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. The word legion in these days meant that there were about 6,000 people. 6,000 people in the Roman army would make up a legion. And so there was probably, there was possibly, potentially, at least 6,000. Uh, maybe just the whole point of the name is to give the idea that there was a whole bunch of demons in this man. And so he says, legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. Isn't that interesting that they recognize Jesus' authority, that they recognize his power, that they recognize that there is nothing they can do except beg that Jesus would not send them into a place where they feared, where even the demons fear to go. That even the demons fear to, to spend their time to go and be cast into a place called the abyss. Most theologians believe this, that the abyss was a reference to a watery place to a place where they were the dead and they were they were close to water and so it was likely that in this context these demons realized that the what the, the water was the watery grave that even the city folks would send their people to uh, after they passed away if they didn't put them in a cave they put them in the water and they send them out and they burn them up in the water uh, much like you've seen on the, in the movies and they would go into the abyss 
Verse 32 says this, a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny that the, the, the demons would prefer to go into pigs rather than choose some other place to go. They, they say, hey, let us go into the pigs, which is really a shot in the face of every Jew in, in this context because pigs were, were considered uh, dirty animals. They were considered unclean animals and not a part of a, 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 something that the Jews would connect with. In fact, these herd of pigs belonged to Gentiles or at least non-believing Jews. And they were, they, they would, uh, <clears throat> <clears throat> they were either Gentiles or apostates. And so th- there's a whole bunch of pigs out here. And he gave them permission. He gave them permission. Again, this is the emphasis on God's power to win. This God is in control. He has power over the demons. He has power over everything in this planet. And we need to know that, th- that we have power to win. There is no reason to lose in today's world. Amen? There is no reason to lose. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs and they, the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. Many of them believe that there was like a cliff that they may have flown off of. Have you ever, ever heard the statement when pigs fly? This was probably the first time in history when pigs flew and they flew off that cliff and into the water and drowned. Isn't it ironic that they did not want to go into the abyss, this watery grave? But the, they went into the pigs, and then the pigs said, Whoa, this is crazy. We're out of here. And they go, and they, they run into the water, and they drown. That's what the demons deserve. They deserve where they belong. They deserve to be in the abyss. They deserve to be where they don't want to go. And let me tell you, there's no place where the demons exist that we want to go. We don't want to go where they're going. We don't want to be in the abyss. We don't want to be in that place, in that dead man walking place. I call this the, the, the walking dead of the Bible. This is where uh, the demons didn't want to go. They went into the pigs, and then the pigs, in their crazy uh, experience of being possessed, walk into the water and drown, or fly into the water and drown. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this in the town, in the town and countryside. And the people went out to see what happened. When they came to Jesus, here's the powerful part of this message. They found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet. Now, it's not the demons that are falling at Jesus' feet. It's the man that's falling at, the G- at Jesus' feet. It's the man who realized that now, the, the one who has just set him free from the power of the demonic activity that was in his life, he now sits at the, at, <clears throat> at the feet of Jesus, dressed and in his right mind. Yes, dressed and in his right mind. Church, if you want to get in your right mind, if you want to be, in your, be next to Jesus, give your life to Jesus, submit to Jesus because he is the only one that can help us all be in our right minds. And so from being demon-possessed, now he's dressed, he's got his clothes on, he's not tearing them off, he's not running around naked embarrassing everybody. He's in his right mind and they were afraid. They were afraid. The people... The people who had just seen this man be delivered, who had for a long time tried to, to hold him up in chains and he'd break the chains. This man who had, had uh, been running around naked and, and now is dressed and in his right mind. Those who, had been sold, uh, <clears throat> those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. 
Then all the people of the region of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and left. This is a sad part of the story because what happened really is the power of Jesus comes in and he makes a difference. And it's that difference, what the difference was two things. He, they delivered, he delivered the man from being demon-possessed, but the unfortunate part for at least the townspeople in their minds was they lost an e- economic benefit. You see, the pigs were their well-being. This, they, they, were, they were more afraid of seeing somebody get saved and delivered and, and unpossessed from these demons rather than having two, what, what we lo- know from a, another passage, 2,000 pigs. In, in their possession. As a result, they feared losing their well-being and asked Jesus to leave. They feared uh, seeing a man in their right mind. And, and we must understand that when God comes into our lives and he changes our hearts and he moves us, we are going to be different. Life is going to be different, but it's all for the good. It's all for the good. And it's not about us. It's about him. And so what happens at the end of this So he got into the boat and left. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him. He wanted to go with Jesus. Man, if I'm delivered from demon possession, I want to hang around with the person that delivered me. But Jesus sent him away saying, return home and tell how much God has done for you. Amen, amen, amen. This is a powerful part of the story. We need to know that when God sets us free from our sin, when God sets us free, and you may not ever have been demon-possessed, but you've been uh, following this life of sin, you've been going down this path, and God has completely set you free. He's given you hope. He's saved your life. He's promised you eternal life. You've committed your life to Him. It's time to tell people. It's time to tell people. As proud as I am of this jersey and as proud as I am of this team, this is nothing compared to the Jesus that has saved me and delivered me and set me free and allowed me the privilege of being a part of his family and on my way to heaven. That's the story I need to tell. Amen. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. The enemy did not win. The enemy lost, and God has the power to win. And I believe with all my heart that we need to embrace this story and understand that we have, in the name of Jesus, the authority to beat down the devil. To beat down the devil. Amen. There's three things I want you to know about the enemy. The first is his, the, the enemy's goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. The scripture is very clear about this. It's very clear that the enemy's goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief come, In John 10.10, it says this, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. So the, the, the number one goal of the enemy is to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants you to lose. And if he can steal your life, if he can destroy your life, if he can... <clears throat> Uh, kill you in some way, shape, or form. And it doesn't have to be physical. He can kill, kill you emotionally. He can kill you uh, uh, any, in many different ways. Taking life away from you, if he does that, then he wins. And church, he does not need to win because we just recognize that God has the power over every force of the enemy. And he has the ability to win. And so the devil's uh, tactic is to, <clears throat> is to lie and deceive. 
In John 8, 44, it says this, you belong to your father, and he's talking to the Sadducees and the Pharisees. It says, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. I don't like calling anybody a liar, but I'll always call the devil one. I'll always call the devil a liar because he wants to do everything to deceive us. And that is why it is so important. In just a moment, I'll talk about the, the, the need to understand the word of God. If we don't know the truth, we don't know whether it's a lie or the truth. And the enemy is gifted. He's skilled. He's talented. He works so hard at doing everything to make something that is not true look good. That's called deception. And if he can deceive us, if he can make us feel like we, we understand the truth, but it's a lie, then we are giving in to stuff that we don't need to give in to. And we need to know the truth. And the, the devil's tactic is to lie and deceive. And it's clear in Scripture. And lastly, the enemy is a predator. The enemy is a predator. In 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9, it says this, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He prowls around. We protect our kids from predators. We protect our, 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 our helpless and our hopeless from predators. We do everything we can to keep the predators away from our children especially. And when we do that, we recognize that what a predator wants to do is take that life and exploit it and destroy it and to do everything they can. In this passage of scripture, it says to devour it. The enemy is a predator and he is after us and he's after anyone else who will open up their heart to his ways and his ways of thinking. And none of them are true. This is why we must, we must be completely aware. We must be completely uh, uh, aware in our spirit. We must be completely aware of the truth that Jesus is alive, he's well, and he has life for us and not to be deceived by what the devil wants to give us. He always wants to give us an imitation. He always wants to give us something that's not true. He always wants to give us something to believe in that won't hold water once you try and put water in it. But he'll convince you, man, this bucket is great. But on the bottom of that bucket, it's got all kinds of holes because that's what the devil does. He'll make us think it's good and then he'll get us in it and then he'll uh, destroy us and steal and kill and destroy from us. Those are the three things. He's a, his goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. His tactic is to lie and deceive. And he is a predator. And we must be aware of those things. So how can we live so that we can guarantee a win. I'm all about guarantees. I love guarantees in my life. I love guarantees when, when I can know that if I buy a product and it goes south, I can go back and get that, that product replaced or, or refunded. I love those kinds of guarantees. And there's guarantees to win. I love being on a guaranteed winning side. I, I, I'll tell you what, there's no guarantee that the Seahawks are going to be in the Super Bowl. They're probably the most likely team to be in the Super Bowl. But uh, <clears throat> there's no guarantee. I get it. I get it. I understand that when we root for teams, there's no promise. But when you get on the team of God, there is a guarantee. That guarantee has already been proven to, to be the winner. 
The resurrection is the power that says we win. There's only one person that ever raised from the dead. There's only one person that came out of the grave and today is sitting at the right hand of God and is coming back to get you and me. And that is Jesus Christ. And if you give your life and heart to him, you win. That's a guarantee. That's a promise. There's no doubt. There's no questioning. It is what's going to happen. And we will end up eternally in relationship with God. And we will not, not lose. That's why I love the power of God to win. The first thing we need to understand is there are three things that you have as tools to win. And that is that you have God's word, the Bible. That's why it's so important for us to give ourselves to the Bible and and give ourselves to the truth. If we will do that, if we will use the word of God, then we have a tool that the enemy cannot win against. Cannot win against. In Matthew chapter 4, we read of Jesus' temptation in the desert. This was the time where Jesus was tempted. The Bible says that he was tempted in every way as we are and yet was without sin. And here we read this little bit of a story in Matthew chapter 4, and I'm only going to read part of it, but it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. You realize right there that devil is using the, the, the doubt, if you are the Son of God. Then tell these uh, stones to turn to bread. But what does Jesus do? He quotes his own words. He quotes, his, he quotes the Bible. He says, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. In other words, he's saying that the most important thing in, in this world is not the bread that you're tempting me to eat, but the trust that I have in God's words in my father's words, and we put trust in his word, we will win. And if you ever have the devil come and tempt you and tempt you to do something, start quoting scripture. And if you don't have scripture, pull out the Bible and say, this is my authority. In the name of Jesus, read this, devil, because it's the power of, of, that, that will defeat the enemy. You want to win? You want to guarantee a win? Right there, use the word of God. Secondly, use Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Now, you have to have a relationship with Jesus to use his name properly. You have to have a relationship with Jesus to, have, to be able to do this. In, the, in Acts, there's a story in the book of Acts where these guys named the sons of Sceva go around trying to cast out demons in the name of Jesus. And the demons look at them and go, hey, we know Paul. We know, and we know Jesus, but we don't know you. Because they didn't have a relationship with Jesus. They just wanted power. That's all they wanted. So they were trying to throw the name of Jesus out without having a relationship with him. But when you have a relationship with him, listen to what happens. In Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 18, he says, He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. Listen, in my name, in the name of Jesus, They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. By the way, you don't need to go find snakes, and you don't need to go looking for poison. All right? It's just, I want to, like, a little disclosure here, okay? You don't need to go looking for that stuff, but if it happens, God's got you. And it says, they will pick up snakes with their hands. When they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. In my name, we have, 
one tool or, or many tools, but the one tool that we can use in the name of Jesus, devil, leave now. In the name of Jesus, you have no authority over me. In the name of Jesus, you have, you have all kinds of power in the name of Jesus, as long as you have a relationship with him. Don't misuse that name. Don't abuse that name. But that's the name that will defeat the devil every single time. He hates the name of Jesus. He hates the name of Jesus. And your last tool is to believe in the resurrection. And I'll explain why in just a minute. But Romans 10, 9 and 10 says this. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord. In other words, if you declare with your mouth that he's your leader. He's the one you're, you're committed to follow. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. I want you to say that with me in your car online. Say this with me. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. If we believe in the resurrection, that simply puts a stamp of, of power onto your life. Why? Because what that means is that you are saved. You have been set free from death, the very death that was caused when Adam and Eve took a bite of that jalapeno. When she, when she took a bite and he took a bite, all at the same time, all that did was create death. In, in our lives. And it carried on throughout human history from that point on. But that death has been defeated by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He, he, yes. <clears throat> the enemy told Eve that if you, you don't have to believe what God said. Again, deception. You don't have to believe what he said. And she believed him. And she took a bite of that fruit. And as a result, there's sin in our lives today. But God has sent his son, Jesus Christ, who came here, lived a perfect life, was tempted in every way as we are, yet was without sin, and now is completely set free. And we are set free today in the name of Jesus. Because of the resurrection, he defeated death, hell, and the grave. That is the power that you have to believe that God has set us free. If death was the goal of the enemy, then he lost. If, pl if his plan was to destroy our lives, then he lost because Jesus has, has not destroyed us. He's put us back together. We are a new creation. We live in a true and in a life that has been completely set free from the sin that we were controlled by. If his plan was to steal life from humanity, he lost because today you and I have the promise of eternal life. And that is why God has the power to win. God has the power to win. I love it. Amen. Revelations 20.10, and we'll wrap it up with this, and Ron will come in and lead us in worship in just a few moments. <clears throat> Revelations 20.10 says this, and just, just this is the wrapping, this is the bow on the package of the message. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. That's the end of the book. That's the end of the book. That's the conclusion. That's the true story that the devil will lose, and he will lose big, and he will spend eternity in hell. And that is where I don't want to go. That's where I don't want to see any human being ever experience that. And we have a choice. We have a choice to put our faith in that resurrection. We have a choice to put our faith in that, in that 
uh, work that he did on the cross to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and to help us out of our hole that we're in. Yes, today we don't need to have our life stolen from us. We don't need to have our life destroyed. We can give our lives completely to him. God has the power to win. He's already done it. He's already showed us who wins. He's already won by raising from the dead. And if we will put our faith in that, then we have a guaranteed win in our lives. And that's what I pray for you. We don't have to lose. You don't have to lose your joy. You don't have to lose your life. You don't have to lose your confidence. You don't have to lose any of that because we are the, on the winning team. We are on the winning team. Let's pray. God, I believe that you've called us today to be on that winning team, to give nothing away, to, to let nothing go, but to put our full hope and trust in you. And I pray right now in Jesus' name that you will allow every heart in this place to experience online or on site or beyond these walls within the reach of my voice. I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit will speak to those that feel like they're losing, that feel like they've given up, that feel like they've lost, that they would quote your word that they would confess with their mouth that you are Lord, that they would believe in their heart that you were raised from the dead. And as a result, God, their lives would be saved. That there would be those that are feeling like they've given up. They've, they've, they've lost their sense of hope. That in the name of Jesus, they would speak and say, devil, get out of here. You're a liar and a deceiver and I, you have nothing to do with me. You have no power over me. Lord, I pray right now for those that are in despair that you would set them free from that hopelessness and help them know that you are their hope, that you are their strength, that you're their encouragement, that you're their, their, their laughter and their joy. And God, that you would bring hope and life to them. Lord, I pray that we would fight in the name of Jesus, that we would not give in to the, to the enemy's schemes or to his predator lifestyle, that we would cast him away in the name of Jesus. And we would resist him at every point. And that we would always declare the truth of God's word. And that we would believe in the ultimate win, the resurrection, that we will experience someday in the future. That we will rise again with Christ, alive in him. I pray now for every heart and every mind that we would live in the victory, not in the losses. That we would live in the hope and not in the hopelessness. That we would live in the joy and not in the sadness of this world because you are our winner and we thank you and praise you for it. Lord, I reach out my hand to every car. I reach out my hand to every home, every heart that's listening right now that in the name of Jesus, you would become their winner. That you would become the one who makes the difference. That you would become the one who helps them out of the, the despair they're in or the frustrating life that they're living or the losses that they've experienced. Lord, may they experience your win in the name of Jesus right now. I thank you and I praise you for it. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that's your first win. Give your life to Jesus. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I need forgiveness and I accept the work you did on the cross and I believe that you were raised from the dead and I have hope of eternal life and I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. If you prayed that prayer right now, you are saved. You have your first win and you will win for the rest of your life because Jesus is on your side and we are on the winning team. And I praise God for that. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for winning. We thank you and praise you for taking control of our lives. We thank you and praise you that we have the opportunity to submit ourselves to you. And Lord, you will lead us and guide us. 
to a winning day, into a winning life, into a winning world. Help us, God, to be winners in this world. Help us to impact change in this world. Help us, God, to lead others to you. Help us, God, to like the demoniac who now is free from the, the demon possession but is, uh, is free to go and tell the rest of the world what you have done for them. It's not what Pastor Ricardo does. It's not what happens on this worship platform. It's what you do, and we want people to see you and know you and your power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.